Hello, newsies. Uh, I love welcome. our little intro, and I know it's you great. know that I love our little intro, yep. but I just love our little intro. It's a great intro. Um, uh, part of the intro is I'm Alex, and this is Kate, and we talk about movies. Um, and this one's bittersweet. Um, I always thought we would do this one because it is weird, definitely weird. Um, but it's one of those like, okay, I figured this was, was, this was perfect for like a cleanse the palate. Like if we did like three absolute stinkers in a row, this was like my secret weapon to get us back on track. And like if um, we did three trading moms in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we only got one trading mom before, before we did it, but it, but it, uh, it happened, uh, because, uh, tragically Paul Rubens passed away after a apparently six year private battle with cancer um he didn't tell any of his fans like only his closest people to him knew people who thought they were close to him uh didn't know because he was such a private guy about it uh he didn't want to bother anybody <laughs> you know like it was one of those things that he just didn't want to do that he he re released a um uh, they released a statement that apparently he wrote uh the the night that he uh, passed uh, that was very heartfelt uh, message to his fans. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it, it, 70. Like I didn't realize he was that old, but also that seems really young. You know what I mean? Like it's like 70, 70 is right there. We were like, do we say he had a long life? Is it like is one of those things? Is It's that, it's that weird moment. Like, okay, well, 70, I mean, 70. It wasn't like, you know, 45 or something. You know what it is? It's that thing of, I think, where, you know how they say, like, celebrities get frozen in the moment in time that yeah. they're, like, known for or whatever? Yeah. I feel like it's a young age to pass away at, but it's, he didn't feel 70 years old in no. my head. So it's just, like, because, a very weird thing. Because he was, when he was 30, he was playing somehow a six-foot-tall 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so that yeah, there's there's difference there. So Paul Rubens obviously is the, uh, the the man behind the alter ego of Pee Wee Herman, um, and um, he the whole thing started out. He was in uh, the Groundlings in Los Angeles, the comedy troupe um, with uh, uh, people like um, Bill Hartman who became his writing partner, who actually co-created the character Pee Wee Herman with Paul Rubens. Like they were writing together and they, he's listed as a co-creator uh, as well as John Lovitz. Um, uh, Paul Rubens uh, auditioned and did not get cast in Saturday Night Live while the rest of his buddies did. And um, uh, so he, but he used that to, to, to refocus all of his efforts toward Pee Wee. Pee Wee had, had come around with a stage show which then got, uh, they filmed the stage show and put it on HBO in HBO's infancy, like in 1981. Um, and eventually that led to uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, which, like, I'm, I'm wearing a, a, a T-shirt uh, with all of my favorite Saturday morning and after school cartoon characters on it. And there is one Saturday morning staple that is absent from the shirt, which is Pee Wee, because Pee Wee wasn't a cartoon. He was. But he wasn't, uh, technically. But that was um, that was a show my brother and I never missed growing up. 
So much so that if, let's say, one of us had an early soccer game that Saturday and we weren't going to be able to be home at that time, um, we would set the VCR to record the episode of Pee-wee's Playhouse, even if it was going to be a rerun. Like, we, we, we couldn't miss Pee-wee because he was, he was so much fun and you could tell also, even when we were young, that there was a kind of a weird subversive counterculture to it like he was making fun of kid shows while doing the best kid show ever um and uh yeah so like peewee was a an absolute um uh um touchstone of my childhood um uh, to say nothing of the film that we are going to discuss but i wanted to give like a broad um overview of of his whole thing before we started talking about the movie sure so i actually kind of feel like a little bit odd in all this because i didn't we didn't have hbo growing up and yeah. i like this wasn't a staple in my house but i remember well, the movie. it was it I, was the the the, the peewee's playhouse was was on like abc I think, oh, okay on saturday mornings the hb the hbo the the the, the like stage show that they filmed they put it on HBO once. You can find it on HBO Max, or it's not HBO Max anymore. Uh, but you can find that on there. That's um, on Max. Uh, you can find that on there now. But yeah. I don't actually remember like watching. It. There was probably we had a very like consistent routine on Saturday mornings of uh, breakfast, and then going into what was my childhood nursery, but would be future dubbed as the Barbie Room going forward. Mm. I think this might have been on during Barbie room time where it was like very possible. went and played. Um, but I remember the movie. It was really fun to watch again as like a, a real adult, like a grown adult. Cause you, I think grab onto way different things and you realize mm-hmm. like things about like what other movies were coming out at the time and how much right. of a departure this was like, and all these things. So uh, it was really, really fun to watch. And uh, yeah, that whole class of improvisers. My sister didn't come up through Groundlings, but she came up through Upright Citizens Brigade. And so, um, like, just kind of through her comedic path, like, I learned about, like, how all those SNL classes kind of came in. And I was thinking about, um, I heard Lauren Michaels say previously, like, people that he's missed out on. And I can't remember if Paul Rubens was one of them, but, like, he passed on Jim Carrey. He passed on, I think, Jennifer Aniston. And talking about how it's such a funny thing because you're not looking for the 10 funniest guys that audition. You're looking for people to play specific roles. And I'm like, man, that's such a tricky thing to balance. And it's not, um, I don't know how Paul Rubens fits into that, knowing what he was capable of going in in this direction. Uh, But it's, yeah, it's it's so anything in any art form that is completely unique to itself. I'm just so inspired by and, and so in awe of. And this definitely, definitely, definitely falls into that category. It's a, a really um, connective watch as a viewer, I feel like. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, um, the it, this is an, uh, one of those movies that I'm like. Um, I, I not, honestly, I didn't, I didn't do the, 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 uh, budget or box office returns thing. That nah, doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, uh, but I still, it is still so odd to me that this movie 
perfectly fits together um in in what it is um the not only is it the the major film debut of the character uh peewee herman and it predates the peewee's playhouse saturday morning show it's the reason why that existed uh was because of this um but uh also um it's uh the feature film debut of tim burton directing it um uh he had only done shorts up until this point um like well, what did that short guy films. ever go on to do I know that's the other thing. Like, like he directed Batman in 1989. Prior to that, he had directed two feature films. They entrusted him with Batman in 1989. Prior to that, he had made Beetlejuice, and prior to that, he had made Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's it. I I feel like it's it's. I mean, obviously he does he deserved it, and he killed the whole. He knocked it out of the park with the Batman stuff. But the idea they would trust it to a guy who was very young at the time, uh, director-wise, is kind of crazy. But it was I think it was the combination of the genius of the Pee-wee character with the sensibilities of Tim Burton as a director that really makes Pee-wee's Big Adventure work. Um, I will not spend too much time on it later, but I will I have to mention that this is this 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 movie is uh, a miracle because we see we have evidence i unfortunately saw last night what happens when you have peewee and not tim burton because then you get big top peewee and that thing's a travesty Ooh. so we'll, we'll we'll i will mention that later not go too much into detail of it but i want to talk about peewee's big adventure and how that whole thing came about uh, Phil Hartman is credited as a as a co-writer of it. Uh, he has a very bit part at the end. I'm kind of sad they didn't like have him be a, a a major part of the all these cameos that they had. Um, but it's 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 cool that he has that little spark as a reporter. But this, at its core, is a movie about a boy who loves his bike very very much, um, and that's it. It could be a boy and his dog, but it's a boy and his bike. Because that's basically how he treats it. Um, and uh, also, boy, this is the thing about the Pee Wee Herman character that doesn't make any sense. Like, you have to immediately just go, okay, we're, we're, we're just going to we're gonna take it at face value as they're presenting it to us. Boy. They, everyone keep, keeps calling him, this, this boy's a hero. Like, all, they, boy. They keep calling him a boy. Um, uh Twenty? I don't. I don't. I don't know how old like Pee Wee because Pee Wee Herman's not an actual like a thing. Like I don't know. You can't say oh the character is this, but he's he's forever arrested at this um like maybe ten ish um mentally and and behaviorally um so I don't want to like but it's just an odd idea i'm playing um, i'm playing a kid as an adult i'm playing a kid and we've seen that before but not not like peewee hermit and that's that's the the magic of it no it is very it's like he his body kept aging but he got frozen in time which i always kind of liked about it and like people will go down all sorts of rabbit holes of like 
inner child, whatever, whatever with it. But like, I always appreciated that, like, there is all of that inside every adult, right? And I feel like this was just an attempt to rip that out of your chest. When you're a kid and you get a bike, that is the coolest thing in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. In the world. And um, I I like that they take the... Now it would be... I don't know what that is as an adult. Paid off mortgages and stuff. Like a paid off car, a paid off new car, yeah, whatever the that last, is. The, I finally paid it off. That's, yeah, that's getting the bike. Yeah, That's getting a bike. Um, but like it's we know that feeling like that feeling's not very far away. So to have that yeah. kind of like represented outside of you is, is kind of fun and cool, but it is, it's definitely weird. Like it's definitely a, um, it's something that you don't like, I don't know how they got people to take the risk on. Uh, I'm so glad they did, but it's, it's mm-hmm. such an elusive concept until it's brought to life. The fact that people were willing to pour any money into it can kind of surprised me. Yeah. But Tim Burton, like, to what you said, between this and Beetlejuice and then to do Batman, I, I didn't realize that was his third film. My God. Like, what a master of what I always liked about, like, a Kurt Vonnegut's writing of, like, there's this other world, but it's such a human world. Like, he's so good at just, like, there's all there is in this outlandish world is human emotion. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, here it's a little a little bit more grounded than some of the other ones, but... Tim Burton to me just like walks into that so beautifully of just like, it doesn't feel like you're in a foreign place really. Right. Um, The, the movie begins with a dream sequence of Pee Wee Herman on his bike, winning the tour de France. Um, uh, And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's beautifully shot. Oh, I should, you have to mention Danny Elfman. The score is, is so gorgeous. Um, it's perfect. It has a sense of whimsy behind everything, but also in those moments where it's got to be dark, it's very foreboding, but there's this amazing, there's so much like there's glockenspiel all over the place in the score. It's beautiful, but he, he, um, he wins the tour, the tour de France and he goes up there to like get his sash and his trophy and his wreath or whatever, put it on his neck. Uh, and then he wakes up cause it's a dream. Um, and this is the, the opening sequence is his, his house. He lives in in a house. Um, again, you cannot, you can't do this, but I can't stop myself. Um, left to him by uh, a parent who died or grandparents. I don't know. He lives alone with a dog named Speck. But he has every it, like if you asked uh, an imaginative nine year old when you grow up, what is your house going to have in it? And this is what the house would be. And I kind of love that. Um, uh, he 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 gets up and he tries lifting very tiny weights and he can't get them over his head. But that's his exercise for the day. Um, he plays a little bit with his toys in his room, takes a, a, a fire pole down. When he comes through the, the, the layers of, of, of ceiling, uh, he's now been dressed. Uh, so it's, he's got one of those deals, which is nice. Um, and he sets up the world's most ridiculous Rube Goldberg machine. To, to cook himself breakfast um, that he ends up not eating. Um, it is, he cooks himself two giant flapjacks with two big fried eggs um, and a big uh, like strawberry for a nose, I believe. And then two huge slices of bacon for a mouth. He calls it Mr. Breakfast. He says, good morning, Mr. Breakfast. 
Good morning, Peter. He plays, makes the bake, the bacon talk, and and then and then he um says, "Can I have some Mr. T cereal?" Says Mr. Breakfast. Okay, and he pours Mr. T cereal on Mr. T was very popular at the time mr t cereal all over his face and he takes the world's biggest dining fork and takes a one bite of the of the cereal wipes his mouth and then says goodbye to his dog and leaves um it's the the amount of stuff that goes into making a breakfast that he doesn't even eat is uh is fantastic because also uh in an eight-year-old nine-year-old's mind there's you don't have to clean up you don't have to clean that up you don't have to do any of that. No, no. Somebody else comes into the thing and resets the Rube Goldberg machine so you can make you breakfast the make the next day. Anyone in any of that either? It's great. I did love. It made me think about like with the fire pole. Every mm-hmm. every like dream house that I had as a kid had like a fire pole and or a slide. Yeah. And I was just like, why were why was I so. Why did I have such an aversion to stairs as a kid? Like every kid, bit, does stairs too. aren't fun. Stairs aren't fun. Fun, but neither is like a fire pole in reality. Uh, yeah. But it, it is a very fun um, mix of doing all the things you have to do as an adult, mm-hmm. like get yourself dressed to make yourself breakfast, but like in the kid way. Um, yep. And the, yeah, the I love the breakfast part of it too just because this idea of like it feels like a nine-year-old wrote this because it's like okay and then i'm gonna feed my breakfast breakfast is just like such a little it's such a little kid thing that you would yeah. do and you're always like making faces with your food i was i have add as a kid oh my god i was doing that before eating a hundred percent oh sure time, so. oh absolutely <laughs> uh he's also got a very very cute little tiny dog named speck who's a mutt um and uh speck not spot speck um and uh Oh, there's also the whole thing where he goes into the bathroom and the the, the window in the bathroom is, is an aquarium, which I always loved. And I was like, how could I, how, to, to this day, how can I get that to work in reality? Because I just love the idea of looking through an aquarium to the outside world is really cool. Um, but he brushes his teeth with a giant toothbrush, uh, pretends to be a mad dog, uh, puts scotch tape on his face so you can look up his nose because that's the thing he does. Um, this is all just, it's a, it's a perfect encapsulation of who he is. Um, and he leaves his dog behind to go out, run some errands. He goes out the front door. His entire lawn is covered with accoutrement. There's just nothing, there's no empty space on the lawn. Uh, the HOA must hate that guy. Oh my um, God. Uh, but he yells at his neighbor. Good morning, Mr. Crabtree. Good morning, Mr. Crabtree. Good morning, Peewee. Um, I'm going to water my lawn now. Okay. So he shuts all the windows because he's got the just the weird wavy f- flapping sprinkler guy, and that's uh, and that's how he waters his lawn. Uh, also waters his neighbor's house. Yes, uh, this is also very fun. I when you watch stuff like this as a kid, you don't think like it's little kid stuff because you are one, but like mm-hmm. I would always just like weren't you just like always ripping off tape and putting yeah. it like on, all the time. Like all the time, yeah. Um, yeah. Not usually like up my nose in this way, but like fake band aids and yeah, all sorts sure. of stuff. Like very, very fun to like go back into those moments. And the yard is just a blast. And I love how 
normally it's received by the neighbor and him yeah. in this scene. Like it's just well, this it, is just another day the, here at the but like especially in Pee Wee's immediate world, there are no normal people. Right. All of his friends are a little off. The rest of the world might be like more normal, but what once Pee Wee enters it, it changes. You know what I mean? Like he's he 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 everything gravitates to him in this weirdness. Um, but this is where we first meet the bike. He has to enter an elaborate code hidden in the siding of his house to open a, a hedge door. And there's his bike, which ha- the, the the thing that I always remember about the bike is it has this unnecessary, like, um, oh, what do they call that? The little thing that sits on the front, like a like a like the Mercedes symbol. What is that thing that sits on the front of a car? Oh, the emblem? Hood, hood, a hood, hood ornament. ornament. That's right. It basically has a hood ornament that in the shape of a, of a very crudely drawn plastic lion. And it's it's so iconic with the thing. The rest of the bike is, you know, kind of elaborate as well. But that, um, yeah, it's just such an odd um, uh, <laughs> um, design for it. But, it. but he loves it so much and he, he talks to it um, and cleans it before he takes the bike for a jaunt through the park um and uh uses a, a giant loudspeaker system to sing la 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 um and then uh see some bmx kids trying to do tricks so he tries to do tricks uh until he uh runs into the curb in front of a bunch of other kids and uh topples headlong over his over his handlebars he's fine though and he says i meant to do that which is an awesome peewee-ism um and uh and it i feel like he should have used it more but like i know you are but what am i is is the is the ultimate peewee-ism but i meant to do that is is a great one it's up there and this honestly made me feel like less weird as a kid because i did so many of these things and i was like it just felt really fun to be like oh i wasn't the only one who did that like i was always just like riding my bike and just singing for no reason very loudly and this is the thing about about Pee-wee, is that he's not just uh, like an, a, a six foot tall ten year old. Like the ten year old is a little off. Yeah, and that's, that's cool because there was no representation of that in media at the time. Like there might have been like the the third fourth friend in a in a group of friends was like a little weird, but like not like this. And there was so much. Um, uh, there's so many of these little mannerisms that I'm watching that I'm like uh, attuning to because I've been doing a lot of uh, research about that kind of stuff. Um, that I'm like, that's a he's 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 what they call stimming the way that yes. he, he walks around with, with with a hand up here like this, kind of like doing this kind of a thing. There's very interesting stuff that I don't know exactly how attuned they were to any of that, because a lot of this research was hasn't been done yet in 1984 or 5. Um, but it was very interesting that he had this, it's almost like he's an ADHD kid um, uh, in as, as an adult, as opposed to just like a regular kid as an adult. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Also, yeah. didn't know I had ADHD as a kid. Very no. aware of it as an adult. Mm-hmm. So going back mm-hmm. and watching this stuff, there was a lot of, a lot of identification with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, he ends up at this big outdoor mall 
This is obviously Los Angeles, though they never say it. Um, they don't and need to. <laughs> they don't need to. Um, but it will come up later as in in one of those things where like I can't stop myself from finding things that are wrong with movies. Um, but uh, <laughs> so he um, he 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 goes to do some some. He locks up his bike with a whole bunch of chain around a a, a clown that is a clown a waving animatronic clown statue. But he is like I don't know a full nautical mile of chain to wrap around the, the, the statue and the bike to protect it from being stolen. Oh, I should mention as he leaves with the bike, Francis. Yes. Francis, who is the antagonist of the movie played by the amazing Mark Holton, who also at this exact time was playing chubby in teen wolf, uh, <laughs> to great aplomb. Um, he, uh, he's, he's the rich kid who wants to buy, um, uh, peewee's bike um uh <laughs> this is of course where uh you're a nerd i know you are but what am i you're an idiot i know you are but what am i uh and i know you are but what am i infinity of course is the end of that argument uh um but he says my dad tells me i can have whatever i want and i want your bike i'm gonna pay whatever you you got a giant fistful of cash i wouldn't sell my money for all the money my bike for all the money in the world not for a hundred million billion trillion dollars touch that's a great my, so my, my 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 daughter is is uh her favorite thing to eat in the world now is uh for some reason and listen you know sometimes battles aren't worth fighting her favorite thing in the world to eat is is seal little caesar's crazy bread so she she will she will like we'll buy a little bag of it for her. she'll eat it over the course of two days and then she'll want more like daddy can you just buy more so it'll last longer and then it's like no i'm not gonna do that because then it'll go bad but by the time you eat it it's like no, I want you to how give you what what if you bought like a hundred million billion crazy breads? <laughs> and um, well, I don't think they have that much in stock, you know? Like it's a, it's yeah, there's a difference. A hundred um, million billion trillion. Mm-hmm, um, I love this antagonist too, because like for something that is an adult that's a kid, it feels like in most grown-up films, you get a lot of this of I want to buy that thing that doesn't actually have a ton of value, but you're right because you're the bully, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I want to have it because they care about it, not because right. it's of rich value. Exactly. And yeah. this is a, a nice way to bring that into like kid world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but he anyway, he 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 insults Francis, leaves um uh and um you can tell they have a they have a very um fraught relationship but um the other thing is that francis is also uh, an adult child just an entirely different kind of adult child he's the spoiled rich kid fat rich kid child and and so uh his his responses are all the same because they they worked well so well together um because they are the same uh level of arrested development but I love his like, you'll be sorry, Pee Wee Herman. And then the music gets all dark. That's great. Um, but uh, he has to go. He goes to a, a magic shop where he meets Mario, the magic shop guy. And they do all the funny magic shop shtick. Um, uh, and uh, he, little things that, that are given to him in this scene, he uses later in the scene. But he goes over to Chuck's Bikerama. Um, to to get a, a horn that was um, that he had uh, made much louder, and the the 
The girl who works in this shop is Dottie, who has the hots for Pee Wee Herman, but he has no interest in her. Um, uh, I because th- this is the thing that is so odd about watching this and then watching Big Top Pee Wee is Pee Wee like it, not only is it, does it feel like he's not like into Dottie, uh, he doesn't feel like he's into girls. No, or like the idea of sexual uh congress with anyone um he is he's a he's a little kid and that doesn't like come come into his thoughts which is why it's so odd that big top peewee is all about peewee getting laid yeah that's real real weird uh but i also so you're right like it feels like he's outgrown cooties but is not ready for does not have an interest in anybody yet um I feel like everything else that was coming out around this time was dealing with that in some way. And it feels like such an intentional choice to not have them deal with it that way. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised at all that they tried to go for that for the sequel. Cause you Mm -hmm. had like the breakfast club and like all of these, there were so many coming of age movies um, that I feel like we're dealing with this. And I felt like it was just a really nice choice to um, deal with like the, just maintain the innocence of that. And also to have the thing of, just being naive to somebody being into you, like, uh, is a everybody's at from that age on has had that. Like, somebody's you've had a crush on someone and they it doesn't even register to them, or um, you're the person who is completely blind to the fact that someone probably thinks you're really mm-hmm. great. Like, right. so it's just fun because that's another thing that spans into like that age and into where you're at as an adult. Like it's a, it's a, I love those things that are just the most relatable situations, regardless of which phase you're kind of playing into with this. Right. Right. Um, uh, anyway, uh, this is where, uh, we, we get the, um, the first ever, uh, instance of, um, you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me, Dottie. I'm a loner, a rebel. Uh, (laughs) Probably the most iconic <laughs> line in the film. Probably. Um, and uh, so then he, he leaves because she asks him to, to go on a, uh, on a date with her and he doesn't need neither of us. So he leaves. But he goes out, gets back out to his, uh, his bike and his bike's gone. I also so like his a, a full on, yeah. how I brought up the Breakfast Club. Like the, the James Deanness of the dialogue, but mm-hmm. his aesthetic and like very yes. forwardy nasally voice oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is like so much fun. Like, yes. <laughs> what a fun contrast! But yes, his Wait, bike yeah. is gone outside. His bike is gone, uh, so he has a full-on panic attack. Runs back into the store, faints, um, and uh, comes to the paramedics, and he's uh, and he realizes what happened. He's like. Uh, and the, the cops who were there with him was like, we can't consider this police emergency if it doesn't turn up. Come to the station, fill out a report. Otherwise, uh, you know, good luck. Um, and so he has to run around, find his bike. He's looking everywhere. There's a there's a there's some very nice, like panicky but slow music that Danny Elfman creates for this, where he just sees bikes everywhere, but they're not his. Um, and uh, so he does eventually. Uh, go to the police and file a report. Um, but uh, he's like, like everybody's like, well, do anybody who who would have wanted to steal it? Everyone wanted my bike. Just this morning, Francis 
Francis. It's it's a <laughs> wonderful moment of, of him. Like I don't know. I, this thing is, I feel like he would have thought of this at some point in the intervening hours, but sure. I'll, I'll allow it because that moment is so great. So he runs over to Francis's mansion, uh, and the butler is uh, Professor Toru Takanawa, who's a, a, a giant sumo guy, and um, and he's uh, he's um um can't get past him so he sets up a little a machine to like fake out knock on the door so he can go around through the side door and francis is busy having his bath um in the world's largest bathtub mm-hmm. it's um it it's is a, pool, a it's a pool it's a it's an indoor pool the entire pool is about three feet deep um and he's playing with giant battleships pretending to be a sea monster uh and and Pee-wee gets in there, realizes Francis immediately realizes he's screwed. So Pee-wee is this menacing figure who stomps into the water and grabs him by the hair. And it's like, I want to sell you my bike, Francis. Oh, what would I do with that? I don't want that. I can have any bike in the world. You don't want it anymore because you already have it. Pee-wee's very smart. He's watched a lot of cop shows. And so... um, so, so he's the guy starts screaming and he runs over and locks the door from the inside and, he's, and he says, go ahead and scream. We're miles from where anyone can hear you. It's always one of my favorite things I used to do with my brother all the time to tease him. <laughs> I used to say that. Ah, but anyway, there's a, there's a fight scene in a, in a three foot pool until they finally break down the door. Um, and uh, the, um, the, the father, of course, uh, uh, Mr. Buxton. Uh, insists that Francis couldn't have stolen it. He's been here all morning. Um, and so, uh, okay, well, I guess that's true. I'm really sorry. Um, he tricks him by giving him trick gum. And then he leaves. Um, and uh, But he still suspects Francis might have had something to do with it, but he can't prove it. So now what we're going to do is, how do I prove it? So he g- gets everyone together in his basement to have uh, a, a an evidentiary um, disclosure of all the things he's come up with, and it is uh, a, a fantastic scene where he is um, telling everybody what all the evidence he has, all of his friends, the the BMX kids who are his friends, all the ki- all the people from the mall, Chuck, Dottie, um, and so he starts talking, and then there's this uh, it was one of the greatest is one of the greatest gags in maybe the history of film. Honestly, I do believe it, and it's all an accident. I, I honestly think it's an accident. It's a they're smart that they did it like this, but I don't think it was ever intentional. Um, this this fella, 50-ish, with the most ridiculous mohawk you've ever seen in his life, in, in your life, um, looks sits it's talking, starts taps the guy on the shoulder sitting next to him and starts talking to him. And uh, and then Pee-wee snaps. Is this is, is this something you can share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? We've never seen this guy before. <laughs> we had no idea that his name was Amazing Larry. But it's but in, you see him and you go, that guy's weird. Um, but you don't know what context it is. And Pee Wee gives you all the context in the world that his name is Amazing Larry. It's an amazingly efficient, perfect gag. There's a deleted scene. Where one of the errands that Pee Wee um, runs in the mall is going into a shop 
where he has a, a conversation with Amazing Larry. We know who Amazing Larry is, what he does for a living, how he and Pee Wee know each other. But all of that is stripped away because they deleted the scene, which allows for the joke to be perfect. And I, I, I love that, that. Honestly, I didn't need to know who the hell Amazing Larry was. I just needed to know that that guy's name was Amazing Larry. And then to never see him again for the rest <laughs> of the film. It's perfect. It's pretty great. Um, Cause you also don't realize, or I didn't realize how many people you did know and were familiar with already. Mm. They fold everybody in so well. And you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I got introduced to so many people already. Mm-hmm. The BMX kids. Like, um, and a lot of them are just like kind of, not super identifiable. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so to take someone who hasn't been on your screen and give them an extremely specific and memorable name is hysterical. Ama- also, Amazing Larry. Amazing Larry. Uh, the ama- Amazing Larry is his name. Nothing Like, amazing, fine. Larry, <laughs> fine. Put them together, no. No one's ever been, no, no, it's very, like Larry Bird, maybe. But like, there's no Larry that's been amazing. No. It's yeah, so that's that's wonderful. Maybe Lawrence Aloysius, night. Oh, maybe. 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 I think you should start calling yourself Amazing Larry, and then see how who gets it. I, I was gonna say Lawrence <laughs> Peter Barra, but he went by Yogi, and it's probably because he was like, well, no Much one's better. gonna think that Larry's amazing. <laughs> no one would now, ever believe that. Now batting, adding, adding, Amazing Larry Barra, era, era. <laughs> I don't feel like it wouldn't work. Um, um. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing falls apart because he snaps at everybody uh, where he has this amazing analogy. It's like you're unraveling a giant cable knit sweater that someone keeps knitting and knitting and knitting and knitting. It's great. Um, But everyone uh, abandons him because they've been talking for hours. Um, But he's going to go find his bike somehow. He, He trudges through this pouring down rain. Uh, in the city, uh, he gets accosted by a group of thugs in 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 the alley, and uh, one of them says, "Hey, man, you're new to this turf. We don't take kindly to strangers around here." And then Pee Wee does this, <sighs> and they all run away because he's so scared. As they should. Um, and the the lead thug who has all those lines about new to this turf that's Tim Burton. Tim Burton uh, has a cameo as the lead thug in that scene, and I think that's great. Uh, he was like twenty seven. Something like that when he made this, when he directed this. So that's young Jeez. for a director to be doing yeah. that kind of stuff. He's, but he's very smart. Um, and so then he goes to this fortune teller who's obviously a scammer because she's a fortune teller. So, um, but uh, she, she looks through his wallet, finds all these pictures of a bike, and knows he's looking for a bike. And she's like, oh, is it okay? It's okay. Um, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, where is it? Um, she looks... The neon signs across the alley that says Al and Moe's appliance repair. It's in it's in the Alamo, in the basement. Uh, and she said, Thank you. I'll never forget you. Uh, and he leaves his wallet with the fortune teller. And then the next morning he hitch hitch hitchhikes to the Alamo. Um, that's where he's gonna go. Uh, and no one will pick him up except for uh a an, a, a man who was broken out of prison named Mickey driving a very long Chevy Impala. Um, and uh, I think it's a Chevy Impala. Um, but they they bond ov- over being loners and rebels. Um, 
and uh, um, then they're stopped by uh, um, uh, a roadblock that Pee Wee subverts um, by dressing as a lady, uh, and the uh, fat Southern sheriff decides to hit on him right in front of his, like, uh, right in front of her ostensible husband. Um, uh, but they're able to uh, to get past that because he's he's so, he's so charming and disarming is Pee-wee. Um, uh, then um, the, that night, Pee-wee's driving um, and Mickey's sleeping, but there's all these, it, it's, it's so dark, and there's, there's all these amazing, amazing um, uh, street signs. For like, oh, dangerous curve. <laughs> now this, this one's a bad one. Oh no! There's this one. There's a there's a street sign for a curve that does this, and then falling rocks, and it's like it's brilliant. It's literally just topping everything. And the 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 brilliant the brilliance of it is we never see the road ever. We just see the signs and Pee Wee moving the steering wheel like crazy, and then some falling styrofoam rocks, um, and they end up going off a cliff. Uh, but the convertible uh, thing uh, comes up and saves them, and they land safely. But Mickey doesn't want to have anything to do with Pee Wee after that. He says, "You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me, Pee Wee. I'm a loner, a rebel." Deja vu, says Pee Wee. It's uh, it's it's, it's, it's some good stuff. One thing that's really fun about it is like I forgot that he could drive because of like the Arrested Development, and he's looking for his mm-hmm. bike, like. Of course sure. he can drive. He's in his twenties, but like you, right. it feels so unnatural. And I feel like that's such a testament to his performance because it's like you well, kind of bought into him being a kid a little bit. Also, right? it's the eighties, and if over the top taught True. us anything, it is very common for twelve-year-olds to drive. Just hop in the hop in. Just hop by, in the, by the urging of their father in that case. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Mickey taught him to drive in a deleted scene. Yeah. Um, and that's how they became best friends. Um, so. Uh, he, um, there's an awesome sequence where it's all, all the thing you see on an entirely black screen is his cartoon eyes. Like that's, and it's, uh, he, he, he can't, he's looking back and forth. It's really cool. Um, very innovative and different and also wonderfully minimalist. Like that could not have cost anything to do, Yeah, but it communicates everything. Um, and then, he uh, he finds the headlight glasses that he bought at the, at the joke shop, um, and he puts them on, and the headlights illuminate. There are wild animals everywhere, and he screams, and, and that's it. We, we don't know how he gets away from all the uh, stuffed uh, wolves that they put around him in this scene. <laughs> Obviously, taxidermy things. But um, we also uh, earlier find out that, yes, Francis was the one who stole the bike. But because um, <clears throat> because uh, Pee Wee um, went to uh, the radio station to try and offer a huge reward, like Dottie says to him, "How are you going to afford to pay the reward of ten thousand dollars or whatever it is?" And Pee Wee says, "It's very simple. Whoever returns the bike is obviously the person who stole it, so they don't deserve a reward." Honestly, it's good logic, um, but but Francis apparently paid the most fifties kid possible <laughs> uh, from who is not from the fifties. He's got his crazy little swoopy slicked up hair, 
um, his pegged jeans, his converse. Uh, it's like, um, he says, uh, that's it. He won't let up. Uh, like, well, what do you want to, what do you want me to do with the bike? Like, uh, just get rid of it. Uh, here. Uh, the fork, for, yeah, well, the deal's a deal. So fork over the money for lifting it for you. Bucks ton. Um, and, uh, and so he's like, just get rid of it. Well, that'll cost you extra. So he, he gets rid of it. He, he sells it. And there's this very tragic scene where Pee Wee is looking the opposite direction uh, as as the tr- as the bike goes, and they do a little fork in the road. And, uh, so sad. Um, I got way too emotionally invested about a bike. I will say that. Yep. Um, Pee Wee is picked up by a hitchhiker. He's hitchhiking again. And gets picked up by a trucker. Gets in the in the um, uh, the, the rig, and um, is like, "Thanks for stopping." Um, Nice night. It was a night just like tonight, she says. Uh, it was uh, it was 10 years ago on a night just like tonight. Um, I was the worst accident I ever seen. And they cut part of this thing. Um, and, uh, and then they cut back to the rest of the story. And when they finally pulled the driver from the twisted burning wreck, it looked like this. And then some weird claymation horror face, which like... Gave my little brother nightmares for years. Literally, he would wake up and and say to my mom, "Large Marge is going to get me." Like they were that, talking like about the, that in the chat, that Large Marge scared the crap out of them as a kid. Who was saying that earlier? Ah, uh, it, it that that Ryan it, was saying it, that. Yeah, because scary. because it, it's an incredible jump scare that you don't think is coming because the movie hasn't had any of those, and also the absolute amazingness of that uh, claymation uh, was so vivid, and and Pee Wee's obviously so scared of it. Um, it totally works. Um, yeah, Alex. If you know anything about me, it's that I don't yeah. do well with jump scares and horror. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not my favorite part of the movie. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, I, should, I guess I should have warned you. I didn't. Maybe I thought maybe you would have remembered it, but um, <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, um, so she. Uh, yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. She um, drops him, drops him off at, outside of this truck stop, and she says, "Tell him, Large Marge sent you." <laughs> so he goes into this this rundown old truck stop. And says, uh, "Large Marge sent me," and everyone you can hear everyone's spoons drop. Um, Large Marge, that's impossible. She's and uh, this old guy with a haunted look on his face gets up, like it was ten years ago, on a night just like Thank tonight. <laughs> Why tonight's the anniversary? And he goes over to a big shrine for Large Marge, and this is this little thing I noticed while watching the film. Large Marge, when he when she when he gets in the thing, Large Marge is a career trucker. She yes. like she's she was doing this for a long time. Um, she's a woman, I would I would guess not a day under 60. They they made a uh, a shrine for her with born and death dates. So they say it says tonight's the anniversary, 10 years ago. So it says January 11th, 1974. So the movie takes place on a specific date. Not a year, not a time frame. The movie takes place on January 11th, 1984. 
which is always interesting to me when I find out those old things. But also, it has not only has her death date, it has her birth date. December 5th, 1937, which seems old to us now living in 2023. However, in 1974, when she was supposed to have died, she was a little over a month past her 36th birthday. And they cast the most, like, just hard-bitten old broad to play, like, like, listen, she, she may have been 36, only if she started smoking three packs a day at the age of four. Well, um, trucker years are like dog years, as they say. I, I suppose. I suppose. Lee Norman says she was a schoolmate of Linder. It's possible. Uh, it's it's possible. Um, uh, Marge, oh, she went she <laughs> gone too soon. She, she, she was only thirty six. God bless her. She looked like she was eighty, but she looked like anyway. Um, no, uh, I thought that was detail was interesting that they made up. They could have put anything on that shrine. Sure. But they decided to make her 36 in the shrine, but then cast a woman who was 63 years old to play her. Yeah, they got a little um, inverted. You know what? Her. It's true. It's true. It's you know what it is. It's uh, it's it's all the lead gasoline. Not great. No, not great. Not, not great. great. Um. Anyway, he um he eats some food, uh, finishes it up, and the um uh, then he's he goes to pay for it, um, but his wallet's gone because he left it with a fortune teller. So he has to work off a tuna platter and milkshake by doing dishes in the kitchen um, it, with a hair nut and an apron over his ridiculous little gray suit with a, with a red bow tie. Um, I also loved with the like haunted legend, large Marge stuff. Everything in the world is weird in Pee Wee's world. Mm-hmm. Everything. But all of it's normal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, the fact that there's like a haunted legend and people are like, Oh my God, it's the anniversary was like Mm -hmm. such a fun thing of that. Even in like the weird world, there's something that stands out as weird, like not any, nothing to do with this house, nothing to do with the bike, nothing. Like, I love that there's something that like in every, every town has them, right? Like the haunted legend type stuff. Love, love, love that. Like innocence that, that comes into play there. Yeah. That's great. Um, the um, so um, the 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 waitress uh, gives him a little bit of her extra tip money to help him out, um, but then wants to talk to him about something. So she's got the hots for Pee Wee too. As Diane Salinger is the actress who's incredibly striking. She has these very angular uh, features um, and this beautiful throaty um, smoky voice. Um, and she, but she wants to, she wants to go and, and watch the sunrise with Pee Wee. Um, and the way they do it is by, these are real things you can find in Cabra Zone, I think, California, uh, off the, off the 10, uh, are these giant dinosaurs, uh, uh, near the freeway. And so they climb up inside the T-Rex to watch while in the mouth of the T-Rex to watch the sunrise. Um, and, uh. She tells him all about uh, uh, that she wants to go to Paris, and um, uh, but she, but her boyfriend Andy doesn't want her to go because he's he flunked French in high school and he thinks everything over there is set up to make guys like him look dumb. And I was like, ah, all right. Um, and uh, so anyway, 
Andy, of course, is there and he uh, he's listening um, and realizes that, oh, uh, you know, she might have the, the hots for Pee Wee because Pee Wee says, hey, come on. I want why don't you just go? Well, I do want to go, but no, no, no. Everyone's everyone I know has got a big butt. Come on, Simone, let's talk about your big butt. And of course, that's what Andy hears. So when they come <laughs> down after watching the sunrise, um, Andy is there with a plaster uh, uh, dinosaur femur that he's ripped off of some kind of display, and he chases him around uh, until um, it winds up uh, um, uh, jumping on a train. On a boxcar. And the problem here is that um, the, um, the the train is headed um, uh, west. But they, but they just watched the sunrise and the sun is right in his... The, the train is headed west. Like, he has to go east to San Antonio from where he is. The train is headed back to the Pacific Ocean. And that makes me so mad. That I noticed it and that it oh, bothers me. <laughs> the train is headed west. Just make the turn the train around, make it point east. Actually, you know what you gotta do? Just turn the negative around so the train is going in the opposite direction with the Oh well. Um That's hysterical that you noticed that. that. I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but he meets a hobo on the on the train. Um, and they, they sing songs until they, uh, until the songs get to Pee Wee and he, he can't take any more. So he jumps off the train and he happens to be in San Antonio. That is a very long train ride. No wonder the songs got to him. Well, they were singing that whole time. Whew, that's a lot of songs. That is um, me and my sister singing from where we lived in upstate New York to Myrtle Beach. We didn't, we didn't have screens as a kid. No, okay? no. Right. So my dad got a dose of Disney for like 14 hours. Mm. It's that level of maddening. He did right. an incredible guest on though. So we Oh, worry. well that's good. That's important. Um <laughs> so uh <laughs> um he goes to the Alamo and uh Jan Hooks, the wonderful Jan Hooks from Night Live is the tour guide. Um and she's got this great takes and next She um, does. And um um <clears throat> There's some very, very funny stuff where, where she talks about corn. Corn can be used thousands of ways, all of which I will tell you about right now. Because <laughs> they want he wants to get them to the basement and they it just takes too long. Um and uh so at the end of the tour, he asks, Hey, aren't we gonna see the basement? And she says, There's no basement at the Alamo, and everyone laughs at him. So uh so he's simulated and runs to the to the to the bus station. Of course, he has no money. So uh, he has to call um, uh, Dottie on the phone. And she's like, where are you, Texas? Another, this is another amazing joke. Where are you, Texas? Where? I'll prove it. And he sticks his head out the phone booth and says, the stars at night are big and bright. And everyone walking by goes, deep in the heart of Texas. (laughs) They wouldn't do that anywhere else. They wouldn't do that in Oklahoma, I'll tell you that much. Um... So, uh, so she, she says, I'm really sorry. Um, thank you for trying to help me find my bike. It's a lost cause now. I'll never get it back. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but could you wire me money for a bus ticket? I'll pay you back. Honest. Um, and she says, okay, Pee Wee, when you get back, we can settle up at the drive in. And then 
bad connection. Gotta go. Uh, and so he's um, he's sees at the bus station Simone. Simone has somehow made it from I don't know that the dinosaurs are supposed to be in Eastern California, but they're somewhere a long train ride away, and um, and so now she's made it to the on the bus to to San Antonio to take a bus to New York to get on a boat to go to Paris. Isn't that wonderful for her? Uh, but. Uh, uh, she she says, you know, I, I'll I'll I know you'll find your bike, Pee Wee. Uh, uh, both of our dreams are going to come true. And she she waves goodbye off the, off the bus, and she lets her hanky fly away, and he picks it up. And then he's going to go and get his his ticket that got wired to him. But oh, what you know? What Andy's there chases him into a rodeo, and he hi- has to hide in a in a trailer. So he puts on a ridiculous cowboy outfit. Except the one thing he doesn't change is his ridiculous little tasseled white loafers that he puts spurs on. I guess everything else could fit, but not the boots. Um, and he is uh, uh, um, he is uh, mistaken for Lloyd Fletcher, local local rodeo hero. And now, what well, here he's gonna go? He's gonna ride volcano. Is the name of the bull. <laughs> And he goes. He goes for a new world's record before he is thrown off the bull. Um, oh, um, Andy gets chased away by the bull. Uh, so no, yes. no more Andy. Um, he wakes up and he has amnesia, but the amnesia only lasts long enough to have one one gag, which is, um, do you remember your? Do you remember your name? I can't remember. Well, do you remember anything? I remember the Alamo and all the <laughs> the Texans go yeehaw because if you remember the Alamo, that's what you do. Um, but this is another amazing scene. I don't know how he gets here. There's a there's a giant gap here, but I don't mind it. It was a giant gap where he goes from having amnesia after being thrown off a bull in a rodeo in San Antonio to a dilapidated old motel with a bar attached to it alongside a road in god knows where um and uh he gets so a glad you remember bar. that because my notes literally just say yeehaw mm-hmm. um uh he he goes into a biker bar and it's very loud and he tries to use the phone hello operator i'm trying to get a hold of i, I guess he's trying to call probably call dotty again um or maybe call a cab to get to the bus station i don't know um so uh he, he says just yells I'm trying to use the phone. Um, and everyone comes over, all the bikers, and they little do the little thing where they click the 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 thinger down, which I love, and you can't do that anymore because cell phones don't have that. But that's a wonderful old thing from the time period. Um, saying, did anybody tell you this is the private club of the Satan's helpers? Uh, nobody hit me to that dude. <laughs> this is a horrible, wonderfully sarcastic thing to say when all these men want you dead. Um, is it's off limits? Well, um, my mistake. Sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. As he as he pushes past all of them outside, but happens to bump into one of their bikes, which of course domino affects all the other bikes. Uh, they run in and they they run out, grab him, throw him on top of a pool table, and says, "I say we kill him." No, I say we hang him, then we kill him. And then I love this the third guy with an eye patch who goes, "I say we scalp him, then we tattoo him, then we hang him, and then we kill him." That's great. It's a great little little 
and then of course the biker mama comes up and she says, "I say you let me have him first. And everyone's like, "Oh!" Um, so uh, uh, and then Pee goes, "I say we let him go." Great. <laughs> uh, says, "Don't I get a last request?" And they're like, "Yeah, why not?" And it's literally a last request because he goes to the jukebox and uh, and he puts in some money and he makes a request. And then there's the waiter standing there and who's a little taller than Pee Wee. And he, he whispers in the guy's ear and you go, I wonder what he's asking him for. And then the guy goes, OK. And he bends over and he removes his shoes and he's actually about five feet tall. And it's such a wonderful little sight gag. It's so, again, the economy of this. He, he didn't need to use the shoes at all. But he could have also gotten them from anywhere. But the idea, this has got to be a Tim Burton thing. It's, it's just so smart. And the other movie PB did was so dumb. That it's got to be a, a Tim Burton thing because the idea, I'm going to ask this, I'm going to whisper something into a guy's ear. You don't know what, he's, what I'm saying to him. But the answer is, hey, can I please borrow your insanely tall platform shoes? <laughs> and the guy's like, absolutely, no problem course, at all. Yeah, sure. Um, and he, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's great. Um, um, and he, he puts on these, these platform shoes and out, out comes uh, Tequila. I can't remember the name of the band that does it. It's everyone knows. Everyone knows that song. They knew it before this movie came out, but this movie made it way more popular. And uh, all, the, all the bikers don't seem to have any interest in his dance moves until he starts smashing bottles. And then they love him. Um, and they love him so much that after he dances Tequila... Um, uh, with, with the, the point, both hands at your crotch, point, both hands behind your butt. That's, that was his big, that was the big peewee move. Um, but it was great. Um, he, um, they, he's basically an honorary Satan's helper. Now yeah. they give him their own, they give him a, a, a one of a cut, which is what they call his leather jackets. that got a, the patch on the back. He says, I, I hope you find your bike, man. Um, and and they give him a bike. He he just he revs it up and he drives away directly through a billboard and then is in the hospital. <laughs> I love that this movie makes you think there are he has other ways of of winning and then they take them away immediately. You know what I mean? Like I he's got an listen. This is a much better bike. Honestly, it's a much better bike than the bike you had, Pee Wee. Like, and also, hey, now you got all these friends who are. Bikers, like you could yeah, hang like out with them. Helpers, yeah. It's a lot of a lot of hope spots, is what this yeah. is. Yes, it it's is. Really it's a lot of ho- a lot of hope spots. Um, but uh, in the um, in the uh, while he's under, while he's uh, unconscious, he has a uh, a very scary dream about clowns and a and a broken bike, uh, and and Francis wearing a Party City Devil costume. It's like it. It is. Uh, there's a hallway that is checkerboard floored, and there's. It's a hallway, but like the the hallway is just a bunch of arches, freestanding arches to delineate what a hallway would be, and they're all akimbo. They're all slightly askew, and the and the and the floor is tilted, um, and the, somehow none of the checkerboard seems uniform. And it's all these clowns pushing a gurney down it. And I was like, man, this guy was trying out shit for Beetlejuice three years before he even got that mo- movie. That's, that's what's so cool. Um, and uh, 
And uh, so anyway, he has this really very is a, a scary dream. Um, but he uh, he wakes up, uh, but it's okay because he wakes up to see that the, the his bike is on television. <laughs> what what a wonderful happy accident that he sees the 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 president of Warner Brothers bestowing a, a bike as a gift to a child star on television. It's the kind of heartwarming news that leads the the new the newscast. Um, of course. Um, um, so he is somewhere between San Antonio and Los Angeles. Um, and the next time we see him, he is in Hollywood, California, like <laughs> Hollywood. We're like, there's Los Angeles encapsulates the area around. Once you walk into Hollywood, it's just a movie set. Like, I believe there's a sign that says Hollywood and he just walks past it and it's a movie set. It's, a movie uh, set. it's exactly what, 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 what a kid would think Hollywood was. Yes. That's what I love about it. Um, where there's just people in elaborate, fun costumes walking around from place to place, uh, and you can just interact with them. Um, and uh, it's this is it's just, he's walking along, he's seeing everybody, and um, he's reacting to things. And he sees I don't know why he decides to ask this one guy, but he does. This science fictiony type dude in a in a in a helmet with a face mask. Hey, do uh, do you know where what stage um, Kevin Morton is working on? Because that's the name of the child star. And then the, the, the guy says, oh, gee, I don't know. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Maggie, do you, know, do you know what stage Kevin Morkin's working on? And a showgirl walks over, about 50 years old, and she says, yeah, it's uh, stage six. And that's the joke. And because the, the man has a high voice and the woman has a low voice and it's comedy. And it sure as hell made, made six-year-old me laugh. Of that course. Was funny. Um <laughs> Uh, well, especially but, like old showgirl, like you have to have like a, a yeah. deep like right. I've been smoking and doing this for years. But I of. but also just like the idea that oh. like honestly, it should be her first and him second because the yeah, actual less expected one is is uh, oh, oh gee I don't know um, and uh, so the way he gets in because he can't you got to have a pass to get on the actual set got a pass I'm sorry sure you have a pass I can't let you in. So he he uh, he follows friend of the show, Milton Berle from Mad 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 World, uh, mm-hmm. who's talking telling a story. Um, he says, uh, "Hey, so I said to the guy, what do you think I got down here? A duck?'" And then uh, Pee Wee, just trailing behind the entourage of like twelve people, goes, <laughs> "A duck." <laughs> oh, Milty, um, and gets just walks in that way, and he's able to go to uh, stage six and uh, walks in, and they're filming a scene with Kevin Porter and the bike. Um, and Kevin Porter is a horrible little child as of a course. stage, as, 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 a, as a movie star. Um, he's so, so mean to his co-stars, but Pee Wee puts on a nun uh, costume to stand with all the rest of the nuns. And then improvises like um, your, you says mother superior says your generosity is an inspiration to us all. And Pee Wee the Nun goes, I'll say. And uh, like, I'm going to start a paper out right now and gets on the bike and walks out of the studio with it. And then this is a really sweet thing where he takes off the nun costume and says to the bike, hey, remember me? Let's go. Like it's his horse or something. Like it's just this thing. Like remember me? Because if the bike didn't remember him, he wouldn't let him ride it. You know what I mean? Like it's this very sweet little thing. And then there's this amazing elaborate chase scene. Right. Yes. I mean, anyone who's seen it, the chase scene is is great. I'm not going to go into every detail of it, but it is all different kinds of of um, there's all these 
security guys on bikes and also like electric cars. You see them unplug the electric cars, but then all the sound effects are for gas powered vehicles, which is another little <laughs> weird thing that they did in post that they shouldn't have done. But uh, there's all kinds of things. He gets rid of all of them in different ways. Uh, they go through a, a, a like a, a, a like a beach blanket bingo type of a movie set. And oh, Godzilla! Apparently, an entirely Japanese team is making a Godzilla movie in Hollywood because they don't have movie studios in Japan, which has felt always felt odd to me. Um, but then they go through a Twisted Sister music video, which I didn't realize was Twisted Sister until I probably watched it the fiftieth time. Like. Because I didn't, I wasn't into that kind of stuff at the time. Sure. I wasn't, I, and so I was like, "Oh, that's Twisted Sister," and I actually looked up. That's a song. You can, it's, it's. You can download the, the song. It's on one of their albums. I was like, "Actually, it's not. It's not a bad song. Pretty good song." Um, Twisted Sister had some fun ones. Oh, they I, had some fun ones. I loved that. This felt like a little bit of a movie inside a movie with this chasing. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it felt like a Hollywood movie inside of it i had written down the the beach vignette just felt like such a um if it, it kind of feels like almost in mad 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 worlds like these kind of moments feel so what those sets were used for kind of feeling yep. and I, I just loved the whole energy in the chase scene and that moment with the bike i had <laughs> just had written down like human bike question mark because it feels like he's you almost expect the bike to respond like of yes. course i remember you <laughs> like, yes. just, just like, how could i forget you, you peewee intimate, yeah moment with yeah. him in the bike but this whole chase scene is is so much fun it's actually it's it reminded me of um because i am a gal and have a sister i went to the barbie movie and they have kind of a similar thing where they're like going through all the sets and how they get back from real world to barbie world it's almost filmed very similar to this, and this feels like a such a throwback kind of technique almost. Yeah. It feels very 50s, and I don't know, it just fits so perfectly into Pee-wee's whole weird, weird world here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, Anyway, it, finally it just comes down to him and one cop on a dirt bike that is that is not powered by pedals. No. It's powered, powered by an internal combustion engine, and that guy's going to catch him. But then Pee Wee uses his his secret weapon, which is a rocket launcher, like a, a rocket powered rocket boosters, to fly over the fence and then over a house to land in a kid's yard. And the kids looks at him on that bike and goes, "Radical!" Pee-wee goes, yeah. And then he uh, he's he's escaped. He's escaped. And Pee Wee is the ultimate baby face. We love Pee Wee. We want we want him to win, but he has stupid baby face syndrome. He does. Um, because listen, you got, I mean, listen, I'm sure those, I'm sure all those, I'm sure all of those pets in that pet store that's on fire, I'm <laughs> sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. You got to get away from all the police who've been called because you just caused hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of damage to Warner Brothers Studios. You got to get out of here, Pee Wee. You're like a block away from where the action happened. But Pee Wee, because he's a good guy. Decides to stop, and he has to rescue all the pets from the pet store. Uh, and he goes in, and he like he like leads, lets out all these puppies and kittens and stuff. And he has, he gets a chimp out of a cage. Says, "You can help me." And like the chimp is gonna like, "No, I'm not. See you later, pal." But no, the, the chimp does help him because the chimp's also a good guy, baby face chimp. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know they said they say. 
baby faces don't have friends. But these two, these two, they're inseparable. You know what Cody I see? Has, Cody has but a, a buddy tag team. That's what I see. Ooh, That's what I see. I see. I see. I Pee Wee and the Chimp. Um, so <clears throat> they are able to um, extricate all of the um, animals, especially the snakes. Every time Pee Wee goes in, he looks at a, a, a terrarium full of snakes and goes, Whoa. and finally he forces himself to walk out with all the snakes and falls down. Um, and then the, uh, <laughs> the, the fireman pulls up and the cop pulls up and he goes, uh, he walks in and he goes, um, you okay, son? Like, there's still a few more fish inside. Um, <laughs> which is great. Um, so this boy is a hero. This boy is under arrest. And then cut to him sitting on a, on a couch in between two very large security guards with uh, the head of Warner Brothers uh, watching footage of all the damage he caused on, on, the, on a closed circuit television and also clipping his nails for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, he says, I'm really sorry, Mr. Hawthorne. Please call me Terry. Um, Pee Wee. Warner Brothers thinks your uh, thinks your story would make an ama- a fantastic movie. My story, a movie? Send them in, please. And in comes Dottie with the bike. Uh, oh, my bike! Uh, hi, Dottie. And she wants a kiss, and he wouldn't. He won't go for the kiss. Um, so, uh, what do you say, Pee Wee? Do we have a deal? And and they shake hands. I'm like, I hope you got in writing the amount of residuals you're going to get out of this thing. <laughs> Because it's the studios, and we all know how they like to screw over the little guy. Um, but the next thing that we see, they, they, they agree to make the movie. The next thing we see is a drive-in with Pee-wee walking out of the, um, uh, the, the concession stand with all kinds of things. And he goes and he meets all these people. He tries to give Mickey a file in a, hidden in a footlong so he can break out of the prison bus because... We all know prison buses go to drive-ins. That's a thing that happens all the time. All the time. Um, but he uh, he meets uh, Simone with her new boyfriend Pierre, who she met in in in, in France. He got them French fries. Um, there's uh, all the hobos who have box seats. I don't think they let you come in uh, with that. Uh, they have a campfire going, but also probably frowned upon in most drive-ins. Um, uh, but I got you guys some snow cones. Um, and uh, but he meets he meets all the people that he that he. Um, that he knows from 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 the deal, uh, from from the time his time on the road, which is a nice little rekindling of those little friendships that we saw. No amazing Larry. Um, no amazing Larry though. Um, but he, uh, we this is where we get to see the parts of the movie based on his life, starring uh, James Brolin, Josh Brolin's dad, and Morgan Fairchild. Um, uh, to uh, absolute heartthrobs of of the day on television, not in movies, but uh, but sure, um, and uh, um, but also starring. This is like, like he's a he's a secret agent with the X One, which is a super awesome bike. And then Dottie is there, and that's Morgan Fairchild, and they have a fight scene with a ninja in obviously one of the same um, uh, sets that they drove through in the in the chase scene. Which so I much fun. Um, and then uh, they go into a hotel, and Pee Wee is in the movie. Like Pee Wee got a small bit part in the movie. It's just um, sweet. It is. It is the. It is the absolute best depiction, playing a person who can't act acting. 
it's never unreal. been done never yeah. been done better than this like it's so great um everyone uh um everyone calls Wee pw in the movie the like the james brolin it's pw herman um so do you have any messages for me the name is herman pw herman and and as he's saying those lines the camera is on peewee and peewee is mouthing them which is a a great thing that very early actors do that you have to like break them of the habit as i taught early like beginning acting that you can't say the other person's lines while they're saying them you can't mouth them i know you think you're not you totally are and we can we notice so you can't do that uh, but he's doing it and he look he just like even messages for me and instead of like going to like a place where they would keep messages for the phones he looks one way and then looks the other way and then he says no nothing right now mr herman which is this ridiculous <laughs> voice that they dubbed in for Pee-wee that I love. Um, <laughs> and then there's a second scene where, where he's, he's the bellhop behind the, behind the thing. And he, and he says, uh, Mr. Herman, paging Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. And then there, there comes uh, Pee-wee to like, talk and it's like, oh, no, the Russians are after the, the bike. We got we to gotta stop it. The, the, the world could be ending if we don't get the thing. Um, so, uh, he goes and he meets Dottie, uh, Dottie has her own bike and inside the, inside the, the, the bike's basket is a little, uh, is two little doggies. It's Speck and a little pink doggy that, um, that Pee Wee rescued from the pet store. Uh, that's his, that's Speck's girlfriend. Um, and, uh, so, um, gets the, he gives, gives her the candy that she's supposed to, that he, he she sent him over there to buy. Uh, and he's like, all right, let's get out of here. Like, Don't you want to watch the rest of the movie, Pee Wee? Um, I don't need to watch it. I, I lived it. it. Oh, also, uh, Francis shows up and he sits on the bike, um, talking <laughs> to reporters. He sits on the bike and he has a good point. Like, if I didn't do what I did, none of this would have ever happened to you, right, Pee Wee? Which, honestly, you, you have a you have a point. If he, if he hadn't stolen the bike, then he wouldn't have this amazing uh, movie made out of uh, out of his life. Um, but he sits on the bike in the ejector seat. It's great. Um, and uh, we that's, love a that's smart it. heel. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's that's it. There you go. Done. There's the movie. It's uh, it's it's encapsulated in it's ninety minutes of fun and um, and also it's one of those things of like I because I remember so fondly this movie having watched it so many times, and I I know I know for a fact the Pee Wee's the Pee Wee's Playhouse, um was so great the peewee's playhouse christmas special is available to watch and it's entirely on on youtube it's a thing i watch every year is it's a perfect example of what the peewee's playhouse tv show was um and so free to me on prime video i don't know through one of my weird subscriptions i have through through them was big top peewee and i was like i i don't think i watched this since it first came out since the man was such a was since the, since since the man was such a genius, why don't I watch this too? I don't remember too much of it. I remember not liking it as a kid, but then again, I was a kid. Let's see it. Watch it now. Um. So, listen, it's a it's a real Pobody's nerfect type of type of thing. Like you know, he nobody nobody is ha, like they can't all be winners, right? Um. It was odd because it, like Big Top Pee Wee, <laughs> it's 
it's it's like Paul Rubens completely lost sight of what the char- what made the character so lovable is that he was this this weird like he was a little, as a little kid like in an adult body but a little kid and that was part of it you know like um and but in this one like he's playing someone who's an adult now like really not not like uh, like stuck back in his his brain isn't 10 his brain is actually probably more like 15 because all he wants to do throughout the entire first half of the movie is have sex. He is, he is, he has engaged to, though we don't find out he's engaged to her until much later in the film. He is dating the school teacher in this, by the way, the movie, I, I guess takes place in 1948. I don't know why I think that except for there's no modern technology. Anyway, all the care, all the cars that are in the movie are from, mid-century no later than 1950 even before that all of uh, like it's there's a general store in this small town and and not much else everyone who's in the town is either 75 years old or they're like school children or they're the teacher that um that peewee is dating um and that's it there's nobody in the nobody in between it's incredibly ridiculous um, but he's dating the school teacher and every day he goes and has lunch with her on a picnic basket basket uh, right next to the, to the school where all the other kids are eating their stuff. And every time they're laying their picnic basket, he mounts her. He literally mounts her and tries to have sex with her while these children are watching. I'm like, this is not, this is not, we, we were watching, watch no, no. Um, Later in the movie, there's a tornado that blows through, and it does not pick up Pee-wee's farm and take it to the land of Oz. What it does is brings an entire circus to Pee-wee's farm, and he befriends all the circus people, including a very hot um, uh, Italian acrobat girl um, who he wants to have sex with immediately after he meets her. Um, And uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, it's not weird. She's Valeria Galino from Rain Man and Hot Shots. So, like, I okay, understand no, so why, why I, Peavy I get would want to have the sex with her. But, like, but not Peavy. Not yeah. Peavy. No, not Peavy. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. Um, oh, also, I should mention there's a talking pig. Like, he has, a, he has a farm with lots of animals. One of the animals is a talking pig named Vance. It's his best friend. The pig talks. None of the an- other animals talk. None of the animals in the circus talk. None of the an- other animals on the farm talk. Just Vance talks. Just, just, just Vance. The, like not just Vance the pig. Nobody else. Oh, oh, also I should mention he's a genius who is um, using chemicals. So that he's basically he's got a he's like a one man Monsanto who's trying to grow um, vegetables big enough that uh, that they will be able to solve world hunger on his little farm. Um, but also he's obsessed with sex. Um, this sounds terrible. It is, it's, it's, it's in, truly awful. Um, and it, it's it, not to denigrate the man, Paul Rubens, but I'm just saying they didn't make a third Pee Wee movie. You know? I will say watching this made me realize, I mean, Paul Rubens is amazing in this, obviously, but it did feel like boy, did Tim Burton do his job yeah. really, 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 yeah. really, really well? So maybe him yeah. not be, or maybe it was supposed to be like, well, that's what he would be like at 10. What would it be like when he was 16 and obsessed with yeah. sex? Like, yeah, 
Um, but I will not be watching that to preserve no, my memory of no, this no. lovely movie. Yes, yes. Oh, also, uh, Benicio del Toro in his first ever uh, role as as really? Duke the Dog Faced Boy. Yes, so that is that is how he got his start. Um, this actually, this this movie launched the careers of both Benicio del Toro and uh, and Valeria Galino, who went directly from making this her in her first movie, making out with Pee Wee Herman in an extended, unbroken shot for two straight minutes. It's incredibly unsettling. It's 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 incredibly unsettling to watch Pee Wee Herman like like play tonsil hockey with Valeria Galino in front of a waterfall with no edits for like two straight minutes. It's one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen. Um, yeah, no, it's this, this movie, Pee-wee's Playhouse first season, 1986. This movie came out in 87. Pee-wee's Playhouse somehow ran for several more seasons after this movie. This movie should have like ended the whole thing. Oof. That's how bad this movie was. It was, it was really bad. Um, uh, but also, uh, it makes me, you know what, it, you know, honestly, what I'm thinking of it now, you know how, like, all the, like, uh, the, the, I don't know, like, Miley Cyrus, like, I'm no, I'm not Hannah Montana anymore. I'm a real woman. I'm going to do songs about, like, finding myself sexually now. So to prove that I'm not a little girl anymore. Like, that's what basically Paul Rubens did with this movie. It's like, I'm a man. Watch me sow my wild oats. Like, no, that's not at all what we're doing. But we're, that's not what people. That's not for. what Pee is. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, so all the old people in town decide they, they, they don't want the circus there. So they're going to, like, murder everybody in the circus and arrest Pee-wee if they don't leave. Um, and so, no, we'll, we'll leave. We don't want to do, we don't want to be here. You guys want to watch us. We'll, we'll leave. He was like, no, we've been rehearsing this whole circus for so long. We got to show somebody. So, uh, Pee Wee apparently has invented, uh, a de-aging chemical. So he, he injects it into cocktail weenies and serves them to all the old people and they become six and then they all go see the circus and they love it. And that's the end of the movie. I don't know if they like the, the the old townspeople ever grow back into being regular people, but that's it. That's the whole movie. Like it's the the this the this the way that movie gets solved is why is magical tiny hot dogs ingested by old people that make them young again, and so therefore they love the circus and the movie is solved. I cannot describe to you how how bad the second movie is compared to the first movie. It's so 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 bad. <laughs> if I didn't, if it wasn't the week that it is, I would have thought you were lying to me. Honest to God, uh-uh. I thought no, you I would have been like, "We're sands of blinding," and I would have been no. like, "No, sounds wacky." I wish, I, I wish that I was I, that I was lying to you about Big Top Pee Wee. It is, I I do not me- do not mean to sully the man's memory. I mean, we had to talk el- about cause, it because every everything else was it's so perfect. great. Yeah, but this, um, no. We'll just block it out of our pretty little heads. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say to obviously for Pew's big adventure. Oh, I, kept so in. We're keeping it in forever. Every but, everyone should watch it. If you haven't watched it in in a, in a really long time since you were a kid, like find a way to watch it. Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere. 
but you can you can you can buy it digitally or or rent it digitally. Um, and um, and I I get P- Big Top Pee Wee as far out as possible. Like to to honor his memory, everyone should round up copies of it and burn them. Yeah. Just to, to yeah. Sounds it. Yeah. And watch watch whatever cocktail hot dogs you eat because sounds sounds bad. Yeah. You never if they're if they're Pee Wee brand. By the way, uh, Pee Wee Pee Wee uh, Paul Rubens uh, could have been a much more wealthy man because everyone wanted him to put Pee Wee's name on stuff. To like toys and candy, of candy course, especially. Yeah. People, there, there was a whole line. Every all the major candy companies came to him and said, "We want you to to like endorse this candy." He's like, "No, I won't do that because I don't want the I don't because the ki- kids trust Pee Wee, and if Pee Wee tells them to eat a certain candy, they'll do it, and then I'm going to be responsible for all these kids, obesity, diabetes, cavities. I won't do it." Like you he hear had that this, Logan Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Logan Paul uh. Rubens. That's <laughs> Yep. How All right. No, he was he was a, he was a very uh, honest dude who who um who was very serious about um what what he attached the the Pee Wee Herman name to. Like all the toys that had to be made were had to be like in, incredibly uh like well crafted and stuff, no junk or any of that. Like you can find like Pee Wee Herman dolls from like 19 the late 80s that were made that are inc- like, they don't, they look fantastic. They were not made to break. They were made to last because he insisted on it. But because of that, he made a lot less money in merchandise than he could have. I'm sure. Aww. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so it, it's kind of funny that, that he was so particular about uh, what he attached the Pee Wee Herman name to. And yet he made big top Pee Wee. And yet here we are with big top. Pee-wee. Doesn't, doesn't make sense. Anyway. Hey, next week, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to review something. Um, hopefully nobody dies between now and then. And we got to like upend our plans and watch something before we wanted to. That would be bad. Nobody. Hey, out there. Nobody die in the yeah, next, just keep next few it. days. Just we're good. Okay. Keep All right. And then next week, we'll tell you whether we are going to get the flick out of here. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good weekend. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.